Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Ishmael, written by you sure I'm not a robot. The mining ship Ishmael was deep in system 12.436.8045, breaking rocks. The system was an empty one, with the remains of a destroyed planet sitting there for the taking. The captain watched his men fill the holds, building new additions to his ship as needed. Tell the men that we're ready to head port. We might be running slow with this to carry, but uh, I doubt you'll mind that. His crew grinned, a landfall soon and pockets full. They could enjoy the trip up. He called the drones and began preparing to make the jump to clear space. Running the numbers, three said, Nav, take us to the edge of the system. I want to be as far as I can outside the gravity well before we jump. He hit the comms. Stand down, lads. We're cruising to the edge of the system before we jump. Any complaints can go to the lads that filled the cargo till they can barely walk. Beers in the fridge. The content crew approached the edge of the system until his comms officer got up from his station and went to whisper into the ear of the nav officer. The two looked at each other and was a sudden scrabble on the screen. Whatever the query, it ended with a nod. The comms officer was an old hand, keeping the lines open to the galaxy without a flicker of emotion. Sunstorm, pirates, it didn't move him or his gear. He continued his tour and put his hands on the science officer and leaned in. Whatever was said to the science officer leaned back and looked at the nap only to receive a nod. She turned to the console and began to check what she was being told. She stopped and nodded at the comms officer. The comms officer walked to the captain's station. He saluted formally. Sir, we are in first contact situation. I have received a signal confirmed by two officers of the bridge. I recommend we stand for briefing. The captain inhaled sharply and then let it out slowly. He first contact. All crew stand by. Nav put us in a stationary orbit. Science, I want to report as soon as possible. He nodded to the officer in front of him. Inform the XCC that we are standing down for the first contact and then meet me in my quarters. The bridge officers assembled in front of his screen and the captain looked around. Where's Bart? This first officer piped up. He's trying to slow down a trillion tons of ore that we were dragging behind us. I could hear the cursing from two decks away, the captain grunted. Well, this isn't really an engineering problem. What do we know? The comms officer began. I picked this up as we got close to the edge of the system. It's organic, nowhere near our usual frequencies. Definitely sentient, but no idea beyond that. It's a call for help. Our translators patched it together from about 60 other known languages, but it's still a mess. Some of those were insecta, some of them were wet worlds. Whatever it is, it's close. He played the recording a deep whistling that he had interpreted. JJ, you picked them up in the scanners. Any ideas? The nav officer switched the view on the screen. 
It's only a few hours out and heading this way. All I can tell you is that it is big and doesn't match any records we have for Zedo ships. I can't even tell you how it's moving. It is within range right now if you wanted to go meet it. The captain nodded. And sights. Anything that you can tell us? She shook her head. Not really. Not until we're within range of my scanners. I can tell you that my lab will be ready. The captain sighed. All right. Get the crew ready. We could be here for a while. I'll start the official record. You can all add to it as we figure this out. Remind the men that we all get a bonus for this, and get them a beer when they get off duty. Tell the engineer that I'll see him at his convenience. The officers grinned at that one. Out in the dark, running for her life while bleeding across the system, she tried to make it home. She called and called, hoping that her packmates would hear her. The pain was blinding her, and she saw nothing of the human ship sitting in her way. She also missed seeing the train of all stretching out behind it, tearing through the system. She slammed hard into the crates, ripping her fields apart with the impact. She felt the universe press on her in a way that she hadn't experienced since she'd been a child in her mother's wake. Then it went dark as her mind fled, as a million tons of ore flew loose from the field and swung towards the sun, the loudest sound in the system was the howl of outrage from an engineer. On the bridge was a mix of anxiety and outrage. The Xeno had ignored all efforts to communicate, obviously deeply damaged or having lost its comms. It had been too late to try and avoid the accident by the time it was clear that something was badly wrong. The captain swore and crumpled up the XCC guidelines that he was supposed to follow. Fuck all use now, he turned to his staff. Move us over there and get as many scans as possible. Get the engineer up here, and I'll see if we can collect up our cargo before it burns. The science officer looked up. Captain, that is not a ship. It's nearly entirely organic, and it's, um... She paused. She looked back down at the scans. Sir, it's bleeding. The captain went to make a difficult call to the XCC. This is Captain Benton and the mining ship Ishmael. First contact situation at 12.436.8045. I need a xenobiologist you can find that can explain how a creature the size of a bloody carrier just smashed into my cargo. I'm sending you scans. He ended the call. Rick knows when Earth would want him to do next. He called the science officer. Robin, can you explain to me what your drones are reporting? None of it makes any sense to me. She looked at her reports, most of which were stuff of fantasy. Sir, it doesn't make any sense to me either. It's like the universe is breaking with us. We have no record of organic life in open space. None. Nothing that it could feed on or evolve from. It's like finding a dragon sitting on a hoard of gold in your kitchen. If I had to speculate, I'd say that this is created. Someone, somewhere, thought that this would be real and had the technology to make it happen. She went thoughtful for a moment. Sir, I need the engineer to look at this. Maybe he's got something to add. The captain decided to save some time and went down to the engineering department. As expected, Bart was elbow deep in transporters and fuel generators. He pulled up a chair and waited for his presence to register. Despite appearances, he trusted Bart to be well aware that he was there, just preferred to finish whatever oddness that he was currently inflicting on the ship. Finally... He put down his tools and nodded to the captain. 
I read the reports. It's not my field. Better to leave it to Earth. I'm sure they have a dozen ships on the way. He waved at the field generators. I've secured most of the cargo, but I can't recover the stuff we lost. That creature hit hard and sent it sunward at a truly impressive speed. The captain stood up. Frankly, I don't care about the ore. We seem to have half-killed a unicorn, and we need to help it. I want you working with Robin. Figure out how. I think your drones are better suited for work on something of the scale. And I don't do anyone any good waiting for Earth to finally get you, unless you want to watch the galaxy's biggest autopsy. Am I clear? Bart waved a hand in a vague engineering salute, the light catching the iron ring on his hand. Aye, Captain. I'll get to work on it. Best if the beastie doesn't die out there. Permission to leave the ship. Gonna need to get a lot closer to judge the damage. The scout ship Quirkuch was tiny and not very comfortable for two people. Mostly, they just used it if they wanted to check out the surface of an asteroid before ripping it apart. And now the ship was carrying every scanner that the engineer and science officer could make mobile. Robin looked at the engineer. She really didn't know the man at all. He rarely spoke about anything other than the ship. She knew he liked Earth's whiskey and apparently hated shaving and exercise. But what are we looking at? I'm pretty sure someone built this, at least at the beginning. Maybe they can breed. Bart grinned at her. If someone built this, then I want to know how they did it. Can you imagine what we could do with that technology? I mean, besides putting the captain out of work. Then they came into visual range of the creature, and both went silent. Robin swore softly. Frack! Bart looked across and nodded silently. The creature was a globe. A perfect sphere of grey scale skin. Sunlight broke through its shields, distorting the colors until they looked like the rainbow made of smoke. It was a mountain, three times the size of the Ishmael and spinning slowly in space surrounded only by the shattered ore that had become trapped in its fields. Bart picked up the comms and called back to the ship. Now you're seeing this. As he spoke, the ripples creased the skin and the creature like ocean waves and twisted in place. His comms were scrambled by the beastie, wiping out his tiny transmitter. Bard ended the call with, Call me Ishmael! He went back to work. All right, Nessie, we're here to help. Try not get so excited. He looked at Robin. We need to scan for damage. If it's bleeding, maybe we can do something. Robin stared out the pot. How? She looked at the engineer. What's a Nessie? Have you heard of these creatures before? He laughed and began moving closer to the creature. Robin, there are things unknown to science. Nessie is an old legend about a great creature that hid in the deeps. I think it fits. Deep in her soul, she felt the buzzing of some metal craft about her. Some death ship come to color from her pack, but the waves of weakness crashed back upon her even as she tried to reach out. The pain of being crushed into one reality was too much and her mind fed again to the inner darkness. The collision damage wasn't hard to find. Cratered skin and broken scales. Embedded ore and strange fluids. Robin took notes as the engineer scanned with one instrument after another. At least it can bruise, that's a good thing, remarked Robin. Bart's look queried her. She continued, If it can bruise, it has a repair system. It's trying to heal. That's what bruising means in every other creature that can do it anyway. Bart shrugged. I... Well, let's hope so, because I can't make a bandage that'll fit her. 
he turned to the scout ship, passing over the damage for a closer look. Then it was his turn to swear. By all that's sacred, he accelerated. Robin paused to work. What is it? The engineer slowed down the ship near the standstill and pointed outside. That, that's not any bit of rock that we are carried. Judging out from Nessie's skin was a vast spear, a pylon that was embedded deeply and bleeding off of the fields. The scales around it had crumbled away from exposure to raw space, and the flesh was darkened by radiation burns from a speed. Every time the creature of natural fields reached out to protect the wound, they were ripped away and exhausted into space, bleeding her to death. The two humans sat silently as the horror of what they were seeing became clear. It was Robin that found the words first. Someone near is hunting her. The engineer's face was darkening with anger as she picked up the comms. He cut to the captain only. The captain was reading the scans when the call came in. Yes, Bart, how's the unicorn? His engineer's voice was cold with fury as he explained what they had found and what it implied. His advice was blunt. The captain finally cut the call and summoned the bridge officers and called the XCC, leaving the comms open for them to listen in. His senior crew arrived quickly, wondering why they'd been pulled from their posts. The captain waited for the last of them and closed the door. He regarded his crew. I have news that's going to change things here. Comms confirms the creature, which is now called Nessie, apparently, is sentient. We have confirmed that she was indeed struck by our cargo, but Robin believes that the damage is relatively minor. The reason she was looking for help is a bloody great big harpoon in her sight bleeding her to death. He put up the engineer's recording on the screen to utter silence. She's being hunted. She is prey to something out there. And now we must make a choice. Medical spoke up. What choice? We help the beast and we have a chat. Why is that a choice? Combs got there first. Because hunters will be on the way. That wound wasn't designed to kill. It was designed to weaken. His tone turned to disgust. This is a sport, Chase. And we now stand in front of their trophy. It was rare that the entire bridge crew were humans, although there were plenty of Xenos in other positions. The room grew colder, as remembered atrocities of their people had committed were recalled. Generations might have passed, but the record stood. Wailing, elephant ivory, fur traders, foxes, the long list of things that had died needlessly for the entertainment of fools. Novel food, buffalo politics and pleasure. The human race had long since moved past the bitter times, but divided here. Divided here in the clean space with an abomination. Who built spacecraft to hunt for food? The captain interrupted the silence. It may be worse than that. This creature is sentient and Robin believes the species is artificial. These hunters may have given their mind to their prey, so the game would be... Uh, he spat the word. Better! The engineer dropped softly to the surface, his suit shielding him from the madness of what he was doing. He had disabled all the supplements that it would stick you with if it thought that you were at risk. He didn't trust them to judge the situation, had Land long ago decided to live screaming pain rather than die in a stupid grin on his face. The surface around the burning spear was gritty and breaking under his footsteps as he approached. 
He measured the protruding part 3 meters in diameter and 16 meters from the surface. From the skin, Frick knows how deep it ran. He hit it and nothing happened. After a moment, he pulled out a seismic scanner that he usually carried to check interesting rocks and bounced the signal into the metal. It mapped the response and he stood looking at the results. He looked around in sympathy. Poor bugger! Don't worry, I reckon I can take this fricker out. You just sit quietly until then, alright? Deep below, something heard his words. Perhaps each tone and hope sprang from the small crack in the darkness surrounding her mind. Back on board the scout ship, he called the captain. So do we stay or do we go? Because if you tell me to leave, I'll quit on the spot and you'll never get another engineer for your ship. No pressure. Robin sat in silence as Bart put every card he owned on the table at once. He could blackmail the ship, but the captain could do the same to him, and the pair of them would be left sitting on the dock. Frick. Don't worry, Angelia. We're all agreed. I'm getting the ship ready to fight, and I might need some of those console commands that you carefully don't tell me about. Can you help your Nessie? The engineer sagged back into his seat, not even noticing as he squished Robin into the side of the ship. Aye, Captain. I'll come aboard and use our transporters to pull that, um, thing out of her. Robin has some ideas how to boost her field back up, and between the pair of us, we should be able to bring her back. Could you pull the ship over to our position? Now the silence on the ship was a hushed noise of a lot of people trying to do everything at once. Some of those console commands had indeed been used, and most of the systems were recalibrating to a totally different and darker purpose. The captain's main regret was that he didn't get the new AI yet. His last one had left to run the orbital, and his new one was still in the box. Bart checked that everything was progressing, as expected, when he finally mapped the seismic scan to the transporters. It wasn't helping that Nessie seemed to be waking up and shivering with pain. To himself, he kept repeating, Hush, girl. I'll fix it for you. Just sit a wee while longer. Something heard him. Captain, I'm going to pull the thing out. As soon as I have it on board, Robin is going to need you to move as close as you can to Nessie. She's tuning our fields to match hers, and I'll pump up the power. Hopefully, that'll seal the wound, at least. Get comms to tell the beastie what's going to happen, and keep your eyes open. I've no idea what happens next. The engineer was never going to admit it, but he was sweating as he brought the fields to bear on Nessie. Carefully, he cut down clinging close to the original damage. 10 meters, 15, 20. Finally, he reached the point of the spear, and slowly he retracted the field and slipped the weapon free. Finally, he dumped it into the ship's bay and nodded to Robin. Your turn, ship shores. Robin brought the ship meters over to a vast body below and began pushing out the ship's fields. She kept it gentle, only 10 to 15% of the field strength that she had measured from Nessie. Her idea was to steal up the hull with the shields and hoped that it helped. Somehow, she had nothing else. Nessie awoke to a gentle breeze on her wound. The knife was gone and she could feel someone trying to heal the damage. For a moment, she thought her back had found her until she tasted the death ship on her skin. She was about to run when a voice, half-remembered, half-dreamed, whispered to stay still, and he would make it better. 
She felt the moment when her skin became whole and reaching past the wound and letting her pour her power evenly across its surface. It was a moment of clear joy to be complete again. The captain and crew stared in disbelief as the sphere uncurled and the field surrounding the orb grew exponentially. Bart muttered, She must have been bleeding power for a long time. He scanned desperately to find whatever power source she was using, but it came up empty. His gaze was nailed to the image of what was happening outside. A vast, scaled head gazed down at the Ishmael, its body pulsing with rainbows of color as a field spilled. The captain cleared his throat and began to make the speech that he and his crew had decided upon. The death ship was squeaking and she listened curiously, building her power to leave. It spoke like a child. Attention, this is the mining vessel Ishmael. Please respond, Nessie. If you're awake in there, we hope that you are feeling better. It was a voice of her dreams. She responded, uh, What is a Nessie? The captain laughed. Well, uh, we don't have a name for you, so we gave you one. It is the most venerable and important name according to my engineer. Can we be of any further assistance? Whatever vile creature attacked you may still be hunting, and we're prepared to defend you. You're welcome to remain in our space. Nessie stretched her fields, absorbing the energy that was the bedrock of the universe, and rejoined in her health. She scanned the tiny, tiny creature that had come to her aid, and stood prepared to defend her. I thank you for your aid, and indeed those that dared hunt me are vile, but it is a war for a different time and place. Your people will have my gratitude, and the gratitude of my people, but I cannot remain here. I'm afraid you don't have enough. She tasted the word her whispers had known. Dimensions. Farewell. Nessie spun up a true form, wings of fire, as her fields cut through the walls of the tiny universe and made for home. Bart and the captain stood on the ship's bay. The engineer grinned. Well, uh, we made a new friend. I reckon they'll give us a first contact bonus. He nodded at the harpoon sprawled on the floor. And how much will they pay us for bringing that home with us? The captain grinned along. But did I ever tell you how this ship got its name? Why don't we open up a bottle of Bushmills that you're hiding and I'll tell you a true story. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.